Welcome to Fountain of Life Worship Center's podcast. We're glad you're here with us today. Today you will hear a message previously recorded from our pastor, youth pastor, or a guest speaker. Join us as we know God, grow in God, and go with God today. Let's jump into the message. I've learned to trust in Jesus, and I've learned to trust in God through it all. Every storm. leave you i'll never forsake you i'll go with you to the ends of the world amen 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 good to have you in the house of god give this band a great big hand clap wonderful job these musicians and these singers awesome awesome you may be seated in the house this morning man it's great to be with you in this in, in the house this morning been looking forward to being with you for several months now since mick and i made connection your pastor and i have been friends worked youth camps many Many times, uh, uh, I, I took a few years off. We were caregivers to both my mother and my mother-in-law, who have both went on to be with the Lord. But uh, we uh, <laughs> have, I guess, been reunited with youth camp again this year. Uh, if your children haven't got involved with youth camp, my, it's a great opportunity for them to touch base with the Lord Jesus Christ. Many, many are called, uh, many children are called at youth camp to ministry. Um, it, it's in youth camp that I, uh, I found my lovely bride. And I know when you see her, it's hard to believe we've been in Evans for 30 years because we don't look that old. I know that's what you're thinking. But, uh, <laughs> but we have started so very young. Uh, I'm glad she's with me this morning. Uh, also, it's great to be with Pastor Mick and Talena and Isaiah and Riley. I know you love your uh, pastor family. Would you just honor them this morning with a great big hand clap? We love them so very much. I thank you for the opportunity to be with you here in the house of God this morning. Thank you, Pastor Mick, for trusting me for this opportunity. If you have a Bible or if you would like to follow along, we do have notes for you. We do have outlines that will fill in the blanks for you. If you don't catch the blank whenever it comes up, hope that it helps you and benefits you, to you. I am first and foremost a pastor, uh, and, and I, I, I will sh- I'll share with you exactly what I would share with my church uh, uh as a presentation, this is not a message from my church to my church. It's really to all of us. Um, but this is to you that God has laid on my heart to let you know in Galatians chapter 6 and verse 9 is specifically, but we'll back up and read verse 7, that we're not to be deceived. God is not mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Whatsoever sows or whoever sows to please the flesh, from the flesh will reap destruction. And whoever sows, sows his spirit uh, we'll, we'll reap from the spirit eternal life. This is the verse. Let us not become weary in well-doing, 
for at the proper time or in due season, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially those who belong to the family of believers. Scripture says, and I want to emphasize to you as a statement of faith and as a thought of this hour, we shall, I shall, we shall reap. I don't know what you've been sowing. I don't know what you've been praying for. I don't know what you've been believing for, but I have a promise from the Lord Jesus Christ by Paul to the Galatian church that if we do not faint and in the right time, we shall reap. I shall we shall, you shall reap. Reap is a word meaning harvest. It is to obtain. In essence, Paul is saying, if I not become, don't become tired, don't become weary, don't become a quitter, but in due season at the right time, you will reap. You will obtain. You will harvest. You will gather that that you've been trusting God for, that that you've been planning for, that that you've been praying for. In essence, I'm challenging you around the room this morning now, if you was to sum it up in what you're believing God for, in what you're trusting God for, in what God has promised you for, don't give up on it. Don't quit this morning. God is faithful. He will do what he said he would do. When you talk about a harvest, when you talk about reaping, we've got to understand reaping requires planting. In essence, you will not get what you do not plant. You have to sow. You have to give. You have to plant. And I know around the room there's been prayers that been prayed. Uh, there's been fastings that have went forth. You are trusting God through your works and through your prayers and through your sacrifices. Someone planted in your life for you to be here. And you're planting in someone else's life for their future. Around this room, if there's a harvest to be gathered, it's because somebody somewhere spent some time praying. Somebody somewhere spent some time planting. Uh, and I'm trusting and I'm believing God for salvations to come, for healings to come, for growth to come, breakthrough to come, and revival to come because somebody sowed a seed. Somebody said a prayer. Somebody is dreaming a dream. Somebody is, is, is as, 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 as not just planted, but I trust God around the room. You're still planting, still actively doing what God has called you to do. We are called to do good works as opportunity gives us and makes it available. The scripture says, let us do good to everyone, not just those you like, but even those that you don't like. It means do good for your mother-in-law. It means do good for your father-in-law. It means doing good for the person that despitefully uses you or abuses you or hurts you. If you're filling in the blanks, the Scripture says, do not be weary in well-doing, but in due season we will reap if we do not faint. We shall reap requires planting. It requires sowing. When we sow something, we expect a harvest. Knowing that God will reward what we do, we shall sow. As we sow, we shall not only reap what we sow, but it, number two, we shall, when we reap, it requires nursing. Or, or another word for that would be it requires cultivating. Okay? And, and I know around, around the room, I, I looked at your facility. What a... It's been many, 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 many years ago since I've been here in Madison. I believe Pastor Stacy was still your pastor. And, and since then, you've added 
a bunch of stuff. And it just is awesome to see what God is doing through the ministry of Pastor Mick and, and the beautiful sanctuary that you got, the space that you have. is awesome. It's awesome. We spent the night in your evangelism quarter, and, and, and it was just neatly and, and it was wonderful. And I, I thank you for that. Around the room, there is a, there, there's a planting that goes on, uh, and then there's a cultivating for that plant. And that cultivating requires work. And that's a word we like, don't like to talk about today. You know, we just, uh, I would rather somebody give me something than me work for something. But work has never been a, a, a curse of the sin. Okay? God, God gave us work. Work's important. It's significant. In fact, Ephesians 2.10 says, for we are his workmanship. We're his masterpiece. We're, we're his canvas that he's painting a great picture on. And he says we've been created in Christ Jesus for good works. I've been created for good works. You've been created for good works that God had prepared beforehand that I should walk in them. So I'm called to be someone who does good works. Everything, everything that's ever been created has been created to solve a problem. In fact, the better, let's see, how do you say this? There's a diesel mechanic that uh, that was called on a ship to fix a, um, a diesel engine. And no one could fix the diesel engine. And he, he, he showed up on the ship, and he fixed the diesel engine. And, in fact, all we had to do was change a little wire, okay? Uh, and, and, he, and he fixed the diesel engine, and he billed the, the company $10,000. And the company said, why, why? I need an atomized bill because all you did was change the wire. He said, well, I'll give you an atomized bill. The wire was $1.00. To know where the, which wire it was was $999,099. When you are able to solve a problem, you become much value. Think about it for a moment. The pencil exists because somebody wanted to write down something because they couldn't remember it. How many have trouble remembering stuff? Okay, so you have a pencil. Nowadays, we got sophisticated and we put it on an iPhone if you're smart enough to know how to use it, right? All right? But it's been created to solve a problem. I believe iPhones are invented for wives to keep up with their husbands. I'm not sure of that. But uh, I'm sitting in my deer stand, and I'm hunting on a blind, and my wife sends me a picture of me sitting on the deer stand. I said, how do you, get, how you know where I'm at? She said, I pegged your phone. I know where you're at. I don't turn that off most of the time. But anyway, she, um, that's neither here nor there calculators you know aren't don't you love a calculator i mean can you imagine the numbers and how much time it takes to calculate things if you didn't have that little gadget everything created solves a problem do you know something you're here because god sees a problem and he created you to help create and solve that problem you're here on purpose you're not an accident you're not an incident God created you in his image for good works. And because you're here, you've got destiny. You've got a future. You've got something that God wants to use you for in the kingdom of God in these last days. But it's going to require work and not just work that I believe you're doing, but it's a continual process. It's a work in progress. And one of the things with cultivating is that you have to wait. And that's what we hate to do. Whenever you plant a seed, I, I, I recall an illustration of a young lady who planted a seed, and, 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 you know, one day it didn't grow, two days it didn't grow. And, well, you get a little impatient, and you dig that seed up to see what's going on. 
Well, the seed's not going to grow unless you just leave it alone. It's got to have time to germinate. It needs the water. It needs the sunshine. And it needs a little bit of time to generate, to germinate, to, to produce what, what God intended it produce. The power's in the seed, and the seed's going to bring forth harvest. But you've got to let the seed do its job. You've prayed your prayers, and, 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 and you're doing due diligence, but you've got to wait. And that, that's something we just don't like to do. This is, this is somewhere where we often get stuck at because that's why Paul said, don't be weary in well-doing. Don't get tired in well-doing. Understand in due season, you're going to reap. You're going to have reward. That's going to come to fruition. But don't quit. Wait patiently and then that's kind of like where i'm at because here's where we get stuck at and here's oftentimes where i get stuck at i get discouraged and, and wore out and weary when i'm working and i'm waiting for the harvest and the harvest hasn't come where's the heart i've been doing everything that i know to do i'm doing it all right but nothing's happening or at the very least it's very very slow Doing good when you're unappreciated or doing good when you're unnoticed or seemingly as if nothing is happening is very hard. And that's why I come to tell you wherever you're at, whatever's going on in your life, to not give up. Harvest is coming and we must not quit. We must finish. Finish is a word that's found in the Bible because if we're going to reap a harvest, not only do we have to sow and nurture, we have to harvest. We have to finish. We have to bring com to completion. We gather. If, if I'm, look, I know, I know it's a little early for the gardens, but if I'm going to enjoy this, the, the harvest in the fall, I've got to plant. I've got to cultivate. And then I've got to pick the vine. I cannot just let it lay open and bare and expect, oh, I'm going to enjoy a tomato if I don't go out and pick the tomato off the vine. Someone's got to gather it. You understand what I'm saying? And finishing is never easy. Yeah, um, e even in life, the, the simplest of jobs, I, I don't know, if you ever started a job and the job become complicated, uh, the job became frustrated. I, 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 about four years ago, my wife and I purchased a door to put in our bedroom, or a bedroom bathroom, okay? Uh, we have a bathroom in our bedroom. And uh, we had a door there, and, and she, we bought a mirrored door, and we was going to put it in a pocket door, okay? So four years, this door has now sat beside the wall that we're going to put it in. <laughs> yeah. Well, now, to justify four years, we couldn't decide if we wanted to build a wall and use the door, if we wanted to use the existing wall and put the door in, or we wanted to remodel. So it's just kind of set there for four years but i decided last saturday to put that door in we decided on putting it in a pocket door and we were going to simply make that door a pocket door to go into our bathroom for those that don't know what a pocket door is it's simply a door that slides in the wall and it doesn't open left or right it just goes into the wall and then it comes out of the wall it's pretty cool it helps with uh space if you're limited in space so it's, it's a very cool gadget so saturday i begin to work on that simple project of installing that that, that pocket door, but, but lo and behold, where the door slides into the pocket, there's an electric outlet. 
Well, if you're dealing with electric, you got to move electric. Electric, you just can't skip it, okay? So we, now we have to we do some wiring work. We've got to remove a box, relocate a box, so we get that taken care of. And, and lo and behold, have you, ever, have you ever had the tools, but the tools weren't equipped to do the job? Have you ever had a bit that's been so dull it burns the wood going through the hole rather than burn the hole? You understand what I'm saying? The easiest job becomes complicated. It becomes frustrated. It becomes aggravating. There's so much that needs to be done. My bit... The, the drill bits. You ever had a drill bit actually break? You know, the little tongs that's supposed to drill the, the Phillips head drill bit breaks, and then you got to go find a drill bit. Then you finally think you got gun, then you don't have the right kind of screws. So you got to go to the store in town to get screws. You come back, you get that taken care of. And then you, I've got a part right now in my car, a piece of molding, because we went from a 30-inch door to a 32-inch door, which means it's two-inch short. So I had to have a new piece of trim. So the project is still not done one week one day later but I'm closer than I was I got the trim in my car and when I get home I'll cut it in half and I'll put it on the front and the back side and I'll have a nice piece of white trim to fit and do what it's supposed to do and of course you got to do all the other projects of painting and drywall sheetrock and, and speak of that I needed a sheetrock uh, 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 um, a screen to go on my sheetrock sander okay so I go to Lowe's to get one I only need one it's just a small project you know how many you got by you got by 25 they didn't have one. They didn't have five. I had about tw- 25 of those. That, I didn't need, I don't, I don't need this frustration, okay? Okay? So a lot of times, those simple jobs don't get started or they don't get finished. And you can apply that to your own spiritual walk. How many jobs or ministries or activities we don't start because we foresee the complications or we start and don't finish because of the complications, the frustrations, the challenges. As you and I follow Christ and continually do good to those around us in uh, serving in the kingdom of God, we will always encounter obstacles that will challenge our faith, that will tempt us to turn around and turn back and to give up because we never expected them and we never asked for them, but they happen. Listen, relationships fail. Promises get broken. Prayers sometimes seems to be unanswered. Sometimes there's delays in our dreams. Frustrations. Unexpected events. We witness injustices or the unfairness in life. You've lived long enough around this room to know life's not fair. Good things happen to bad people and bad things happen to good people. Life's just simply not fair. But God is good. God is faithful. God is just. We can depend on God. We can trust in God. We can rely upon God. We can call upon God. God is in the presence of our need, in the presence of our difficulty. Satan comes to challenge our faith, to tempt us to turn around, to cause us to stop before we harvest. But to harvest, you've got to continue. You've got to finish. There are going to be obstacles. There are going to be attacks to your physical body. You're going to experience depression. You're going to experience anxiety. You're going to experience fear. But you've got to remember, God did not give us the spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. And I've got to understand that God is with me and God is for me and God is not against me and I'm going to make it through. I've got to hang on. I've got to keep up. I've got to not quit. We will encounter death. Death of a 
parent, death of a friend, death of a loved one, death of a child. I had the whole responsibility not long ago to stand before a parent family of four whose baby died three days before delivery in the womb. But God's faithful. God's good. And that did not deter them in their trust in God, in their belief in God, in their relationship with God. We encounter death of friends and loved ones and even pets. And we do get spiritually drained. We do get emotionally drained. And Paul writes, don't get weary. Because he recognizes the temptation in our lives through life to become discouraged, to become worn out, to become weary in doing good. Think about it just for a moment. You can look to your neighbor at this. The Bible says in Genesis 2, thus the, thus the heavens and the earth were finished and all the host of them, God, finished his creation. Look at the sky and look at the stars and look at the trees and look at the creation outside. Look around that God has created the men and women that are in the room. Isn't it grand that God completed the fish in the sea? He completed the deer. Can you imagine a half deer running around? <laughs> Larry still shooting. <laughs> That's a handicapped deer. <laughs> Uh, a half a flower, uh, which would he choose to create on the rose? The petals or the thorns? Because the rose has both. But God finished his creation. You know, you think you might have a half a man, but yet God did create a whole man, okay? <laughs> All right. Move on. I'm, you know, I got two ears, one mouth, two eyes. I'm creative. Never mind. In Exodus, the advantage of being at your own own church for thirty years is I can make grammatical uh, grammatical mistakes, and they just love me anyway. I hope you'll do the same. <laughs> I never mind. Exodus. In Exodus, Moses, Moses finished the tabernacle. In Kings, Solomon finished David's dream. In John, Jesus finished his father's assignment. He also says and records in John 19 that he finishes our redemption. Remember when they gave him the vinegar and he stretches out his hands as, a, as being crucified and looks into heaven and says, Father, it is finished. I have completed the task you've called me to do. Finishing is relative in the Bible. Everyone that has ever been to a funeral of a saint had probably heard Paul's statement concerning finishing when he says to Timothy, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course, and I have kept the faith. My word to you this morning is to finish well to not quit. Listen, to enjoy the harvest of the seeds that's either been planted by you or someone else, we must finish. In order for us to hear the Creator say, well done, we must finish. In essence, we 
must not allow the complications, uh, the frustrations, the setbacks, and the difficulties that are in our journey to discourage us or cause us to quit or to give up doing well for the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm come by to tell somebody you still need to sing your song. You still need to dance your dance. You still need to shout your shout. The devil comes to steal kill and to destroy but you've got to hold on and you've got to trust God and you've got to take a defense and a stand of posture that says I will in spite of what I see and in spite of what someone tells me I know if I do not quit I will reap I will obtain I will get what God's promised me to have I will sing my song I'll shout my shout man I'll Dance my dance. Matthew says, he that endures to the end shall be saved. So are you ready to give up this morning? Have you found yourself weary in well-doing? You look around and say, I've been, I've been, I've been, and it's just, uh, let me just, as a pastor, give you three quick nuggets as to how not to become weary. One is you got to let God help you when you become weary. This message is not to condemn any person who becomes weary or frustrated. Because if you're honest and you've done a hard day's work, you come home weary. In life, whenever you go out, if you work hard enough tomorrow, you're going to come home getting your lazy boy, and you might even take a nap before supper because you've plumb wore yourself out. There's no difference in the kingdom of God, laboring for God. Whenever you go out, I mean, hey, look, you, some of you understand, there's, there's some people wear you out. Y'all look at me like y'all don't know. There's some people at Walmart, y'all won't go. If you see them before they see you, you're going to go the other way. Not that you don't like them, it's just I don't have time for this. I just, they, they, they the plumb wear me out. Okay, so I just tactfully kind of skip out the back door or whatever. You just, you get weary. You, you, get, you get frustrated. You get aggravated. There's some people that are so negative. You know, they just, they just plumb wear you out. You leave their presence like, my goodness, I need revival. <laughs> so it's not a condemnation. It's, like, it's, it's, a, it's a place of reality from the front to the back. If we do anything in the kingdom of God, there's a waiting process that takes place. And sometimes in that waiting, we get frustrated. In that waiting, we get discouraged. In that waiting, see, the devil wants to dig up the seed before it has time to harvest. He wants to pluck the promise out of your heart before it has time to take root. He wants you to give up and walk away before you ever reap that that God has promised you to reap. And that's why Matthew tells us, in Matthew chapter number 11, to come to me, all ye that are weary and burdened. The one thing I love about the gospel more than anything else, it's honest. It hits us where we live. It doesn't act like we have no problems, no no situations that are that are that, that are complicated. It doesn't paint a picture that life's easy. 
It shows us people who are depressed. It shows us people who failed. It shows us people who done the wrong thing, made the wrong decision. It shows us people that are discouraged. It shows us people who become weary and well-doing. And this is why Paul addresses the church. Listen, I understand there's frustrations and there's aggravations and there's distractions, but in the process of re- waiting for a harvest, don't get weary in well-doing. Continue to pray. Continue to praise. Continue to worship. Continue to sow. Continue to do good works for in due season at the right time you will reap if you do not faint let God let God give you strength in the Old Testament in Isaiah the scripture says in chapter 40 hast thou not known hast thou not heard that the everlasting God the Lord the creator of the ends of the earth faints not neither is weary there's no searching of his understanding he giveth power to the faint And to them that have no might, he increases strength. Young people's strength fails. Young people become weary. Young men fall. But they that wait upon the Lord, those that call upon, that trust, that put their confidence in the Lord. One version uses the word wait. One uses the word trust. In essence, it's saying the Lord is the one who will renew your strength. You will mount up with wings as eagles. You'll run and not be weary. You will walk and not faint. They that wait upon the Lord, those that call upon the Lord, those that put their trust in the Lord. So this morning, if you find yourself weary in well-doing, if you find yourself distracted and ready to give up because of circumstances, I challenge you, come unto the Lord who says, come to me and I will give you rest. I will give you strength. Let the Holy Spirit minister life to you this morning. Sometimes we really need to refocus. There's things we blame on God that God didn't do and the devil never didn't do. It's because we've got the wrong motive or the wrong reason. Sometimes we get tired of waiting because we're wanting a reward. Sometimes we're doing service for ourselves rather than for the king. Okay, And in doing so, because we don't get the accolades and we don't get the attention and we don't get the harvest, what do we do? We get mad at the people we're doing it for because we're wanting something in return. I got to refocus my reason for doing. Am I doing good for my praise, for my accolades, for the pat on my back so that I get a feather in my cap? Oh, look at St. Susie. She's just praying so hard and Oh, let me be careful. What are you doing for? If you're doing it to be seen and you're not seen, you get hurt and you get frustrated. If you're doing it for the Lord to hear you, it don't matter what other people see or don't say. It don't matter what they do or don't do because you're doing it for the king. You understand what I'm saying? You're doing it for the king. It's for his glory. It's for his benefit. Sometimes, and I've, I've been there, uh, you, you, if you got the wrong motive and you don't get the right accolades, you get frustrated and you want to give up and quit because you forget you're doing it for the king and you think you're doing it for yourself. That's why Paul told the Colossian church in Colossians 3 that we're to work willingly at whatever we do as though we are working for the Lord. Pastor Mick's not your boss. He is under indirectly. 
but you need to be working for the king. You working for the king, you won't give him much problems. <laughs> if you're working for the king, you won't give him much problems. Okay? I, I, I'm work, my, the piece of paper I pick up in the foyer, I'm not picking up for Pastor Mick. Now, I am because it makes the church look good. But if that's the reason and Pastor Mick don't say, thank you, then what do you do? Well, bless God, I'm not going to pick up another piece of paper because he didn't even see the one I picked up. But if I'm doing it for the Lord who watches and sees everything, who is the rewarder of things that's done in secret, you don't have to put your works out there for man to boast. That's why Scripture said, let your right hand not know what the left hand is doing. You're doing it for the Lord who sees it all. There's going to be people in heaven that's going to receive rewards. And you say, man, that blows my mind. What they did today, you don't have a clue what goes behind the scenes in a church. Well, maybe some of you do. Okay? You're, you're, the, 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 whoever's teaching the kids back in the back that is, that, that, that is ministering to them the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ that's given you opportunity to have a little freedom. Aren't you glad? Come on, be honest. Yeah. You know, they're not underfoot. Not that they would be. I have two of my own. I know. Okay. Uh, you know, I was a kid once myself. I, I, I imagine my mama wished I was in children's church whenever back in the day. I wouldn't get a whipping every time I got home. My brother tells me, I don't remember this, but my brother tells me that dad told mom one time, if you, if you whip them kids one more time after church, and I forget what the end of it was, but it, it was strong. I would do good to the altar service. <laughs> then I'd get mischievous, whatever. You don't. Preacher, my dad was a preacher, so maybe that explains it, right? Preacher's kids are the worst, they say. Well, I got news for you. It's not because they're preacher's kids. It's because the preacher's kids have to play with the deacon's kids. <laughs> Isaiah and Rowdy, they're wonderful. <laughs> it wasn't my fault. <laughs> How did I even get there? I don't know. I got to quickly go. Oh, I know what I was saying. They miss praise and worship. They miss the word, except on Sundays that they're in here with a rotation, if that's what you do. They're sacrificing, but not for you. It is for you, but you got to understand. A lot of people don't even thank them. But they're doing it for the Lord, and they're waiting for the Lord to say, well done. Well done, good and faithful servant. And no, that's, it's kind of out of sight, Okay. There's all kinds of ministries in the church that goes on that you, you might not get the accolades for. You might not get the data boys for. Because we're human too as pastors. We forget. We just we forget to say thank you sometimes. I do. I get to show much appreciation sometimes. And I would encourage my people as I encourage you. Whatsoever your hands do, do it for the Lord because your reward will come from the Lord, which will eliminate the frustrations of man's accolades that you may or may not get. So I'm going to let God, in my weakness, in my weariness, in my tiredness, I'm going to let God, I'm going to ask God, God, just strengthen me, help me. 
give me what you say in your word is the rest and the peace, the encouragement, the edification that I need. I'm going to refocus, make sure my motives is that I'm doing what I'm doing for the Lord. And I'm going to trust God's timing. Trust God's timing. The scripture goes back and says, look, don't be weary and well doing. You're going to reap, but it's not your timing. In due season, at the right time, okay? You can't get corn right now. It's not the season for corn. In fact, I don't know what you can get right now in the garden. Oh, we go to Walmart and get it, but they got it from somewhere else where the season's in. Seasons come, seasons go. Ecclesiastes talks about that when he says there is a time for everything, and there's a season for everything. I'm not sure what season you're in. I've only come by to tell you to wait on the Lord, to not give up, to hold on and keep your praise, keep your shout, keep your dance up. In fact, in spite of what you see or feel, let your shout and let your praise ring forth for the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. And as I close and as the musicians make their way, I've got to tell you this as number two. For someone in the house, you cannot finish what you do not start. A prayer can never be answered that has never been prayed. A praise will never be heard that is never praised. A dream can never be fulfilled that is not dreamed. Your journey to heaven will never finish if you've never made the start. For some around the room, you need a rededication of service. Some around the room perhaps are ready to give up on your prayer, your dream, your harvest, life's frustrations and aggravations. Come by and tell you through it all. Jesus is your answer. And he'll give you strength. But for others, perhaps it's just starting the process. The process of being beginning your journey with the Lord. It's so easy. It's not complicated to start. It took me four years to start the door. But once I decided to start, my goodness, all it took was a hammer and a little bit of wheel power to pull a piece of sheetrock off. Once that first hole went in, guess what? I was committed. It started. Now I had either to replace the door or fix the drywall. Either way, the work began because it got started. Around the room, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but that all should have eternal life. God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that through his son, the world might have redemption. It starts with a start. God sent his son. You have to receive that gift. You have to believe that gift. For someone, it may be just simply saying, I invite Jesus into my life this morning. For another this morning, it might be, I need to rededicate my service for the king and not for people. And maybe even to the king and not for myself. And for the last one, it perhaps is, Pastor, I'm tired.
I've waited and I've waited. I'm weary. And I've come this morning just a little discouraged and ready to, I feel like giving up. I'm going to tell you, don't give up. Come, let the Lord give you strength around the rooms. Would you stand with me? Father, thank you for your word this morning. Thank you for your faithfulness this morning. Around the room, we want to sing our song. In spite of frustration and aggravation, distractions. The devil who comes to deceive and rob and steal is not going to be successful today because we begin and we are determined to finish. Trusting you, depending on you, focusing on you, and coming to you to receive strength this morning. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. While you're standing around the room in prayer, let me ask you, have you invited Jesus into your life? Have you invited him into your heart? I would love to pray with you. You say, Pastor, I would like to renew my relationship with the Lord this morning. I've let distractions, I've let frustrations, I've let disappointments hinder my walk, distract me, cause me to become a little lax in my commitment. But this morning, would you just remember me in prayer? Would you raise your hand around the room? No one's looking. God bless you and you. Yes. Yes. God bless you. Yes. I don't know what your customary is, is, but you've got, you've got more altar room up here than I got. My chairs are a little closer together. Those that would with me make a commitment that says, Pastor, today I choose to finish. By the grace of God, finish and allow God to finish in me what he started. Would you just come and gather around the altar? Just come and stand. They're going to, the praise team, I guess, is going to come maybe. If they'll come, sing us a song. If you'll join me, that's my commitment this morning. I want to finish. I want to allow God to finish in me what he started. And I'm just going to stand. I want to stand with you this morning. God bless you as you come. Awesome. Awesome to see you come. Yes, around the room. I, I want God to finish what he started in me. I've come to give the Lord praise and honor. I'm not going to let the devil have my dance. I'm not going to let him have my shout. I'm not going to let him have my praise. I'm not going to let him have my walk. I'm not going to let him have my life. I'm going to stand in Jesus. I'm going to stand with Jesus. And we're going to make it through together. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Sing it. Sing it around the room. You together around the altar. Just give yourself to the Lord this morning. in Jesus I've learned to trust in God through it all through it all I've learned to depend upon His Word 
trust in Jesus. I've learned to trust in God through it all, through it all. I've learned to depend upon His Word. I've had many tears and sorrows. I've had questions for tomorrow. There have been times I didn't know right from wrong. But in every situation, God gave blessed consolation that my trials come only to make me strong. Through it all, through it all, I've learned to trust in Jesus, and I've learned to trust in God. Through it all, through it all, I've learned. Thanks for listening with us today. We hope that you have been challenged, inspired, or God has changed you somehow or in some way by what you have heard. If you would like to learn more about Fountain of Life Worship Center, find us at our website at folwc.com, on Facebook at facebook.com slash folwc, or in person. If you have a prayer request that you would like us to join in praying with you, please head to our prayer page at folwc.com slash prayer and click the image that reads prayer request. If you'd like to support this ministry, you can go to our website, folwc.com, and click Give at the top of the page. Join us every Thursday for a new podcast. Hit subscribe on the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts to keep up with our most recent podcast episode. Have a great day, and God bless you all.